The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. All right, you guys have been asking for this one, getting request upon request upon request on the Twitter for this next guest. I'm delivering. I got her. I got the boss. Sasha Banks is here. Finally on talk is Jericho. She's killing it at NXT. She's NXT's women's champion. She got called up to the WWE Big Leagues, and now she has an amazing match with Paige on Raw. She's already in one of the hottest tag teams in the Divas division. Team bad, beautiful, and dangerous. So many things to talk about. We talk about her training. She worked really hard to get to the WWE, and her training hasn't stopped. She's learning every day. She's really young. She's only getting better. Plus, she's Snoop Dogg's cousin. What? Had no idea about that. She is one of the biggest stars in the Divas division, and she's just getting started. Started. Sasha Banks is here. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho, the pod of thunder and rock and roll. The remedy for boredom has arrived. The People's Podcast is here. Let's go for a ride with Bad Tattoo by Fozzie. Crank it up.
right, wanted to play a little Bad Tattoo. Uh, such a killer song and got a great reaction at Heavy Montreal this past week when Fozzie played. Uh, great, great show. What a lineup there was. We actually got there and we were kicking off the main stage. So it was a little bit early, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. But listen, any stage that Slipknot is going to be playing on, I'll kick it off. You know what I mean? Put me on that stage and watch what happens. We had a great show. And there was thousands and thousands of people there at 1 o'clock. It actually really reminded me of a European festival where people get there early and stay late. They're ready to rock for everybody. Very eclectic lineup as well. You know, Fozzie, which um, I can't remember who was there. I'm trying to remember who was next. Fozzie was there, then Cold Chamber, then Dokken, then uh, Bullet for My Valentine, Slipknot, Lamb of God, so you had kind of all aspects of the rock and roll uh, rainbow there. Bullet for my Valentine. Uh, we'll be on Talk is Jericho very, very soon. Great guys. But um, yeah, always cool to play a big festival like that. You know, when you're playing uh, your own show, if we go to Montreal, we draw 500 people. That's that's preaching to the choir. People know uh, what to expect. They're excited to see Fozzie. When you go play Heavy Montreal, there's maybe you know 10,000 people watching at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And maybe those same 500 know Fozzie and the rest have never seen us before. Might have heard the name, might have been aware of the Fozzie uh, phenomenon, the Fozzie legend, but have never actually seen us play live. So that's how you gain new fans. And at a festival like Heavy Montreal, everybody's coming to have a good time. Everybody's coming to have fun. Everybody's coming to rock. So it was a really, uh, really killer, uh, killer experience. And we've been trying to get on Heavy Montreal for years. We finally got the invitation. And I think it was Mission Accompli, as they say in France uh, and in Montreal and in Quebec. We had a signing after. They had to shut it off because um, cut the line because we had too many people. But all that is good. That's what you want. Uh, it shows that there's a lot of interest and that people are excited to see us in Montreal. And we had a show the day before in Hamilton, which was cool as well. I got into Toronto the night before, Friday night. And I got through customs and I rented a car, got finished at six o'clock. I was in my hotel at six o'clock and I was kind of a little bit tired because I'd had an early day and been working lots. So I was just kind of lying around my room, took a little bit of a nap, you know, kind of lazy, wondering if I should go out and do something or whatever it was. So finally it's about nine o'clock and I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm probably just going to stay in, but I should just see what's on in Toronto. What's going on tonight? Just to, you know, just, just to check it out. And I go online, and guess who's playing in Toronto? Van Halen at the Molson Amphitheater. Oh, yeah, guess who else is playing in Toronto? Faith No More at the Rico Coliseum. So there's two huge bands playing, like, literally 20 minutes from where I am, and I'm now stuck inside. And, like, I've been waiting to see Van Halen all summer. Not sure if I'm even going to get a chance to see them, if I'm going to run into them anywhere. But I was like, you know, you, you got to be kidding me. Van Halen's playing tonight. I had a night off. I had nothing to do. So now I'm kind of in the twilight zone. Like, oh, what time do they start? And what time is the show? And should I still try and go down there and check it out? And I don't know what to do. So and I'm usually never like this. It kind of made me mad. I was kind of willy-wally, dilly-dallying there for 15 minutes. So finally, like, you know what? I got to go. I got to go check it out. I got to go try. So I jump in the car. start driving down towards the Molson Amphitheater. And I call... The box office, the doors opened at 6.30. The show started at 7.30. Kenny Wayne Shepard opened the show. He goes to 8.15. Then Van Halen comes on at 8.45. And now it's like 9.20. And I'm like, ah, well, I've missed half, a, half an hour of the show. So I go up and pull up the set list of the, of the tour that they're doing. And see, they got a lot of great songs. In the first half and the second half, I'm still going to try and make it there. Hot for Teachers, that kind of the middle of the set. 
a little bit further further uh, towards the end. So let's see, sixty percent into the set. And like, but that's my favorite Van Halen song. So if I can see Hot for Teacher, I'll pay the money and go. So I'm running, driving as fast as I can down to the Molson Abbey Theater. Finally get there and I go to park and it's like parking lot is closed. Then I go to park at the next place, parking lot is closed. Next place, parking lot is closed. I finally go park in the middle of a park, like an athletic park. And there's no, there's like a bunch of parking meters and I'm parking where there's no meter. I'm just making up my own parking space now. And I start to run and I'm like, I run into an area and then it's a chain link fence. Then I got to run back out again. And I look at my little GPS, put it on walking and see that I'm like 25 minutes away. Like I'm like a a mile and a half away. So that's not going to cut it. So I get back in the car, I drive back towards the amphitheater and now I'm just like, I don't care. Um, So there's like all these kind of steel grate gates uh, at the end of the driveways where you're not supposed to park, says parking full. I just drive in through the outdoor, basically, if I can uh, coin a phrase from, from Led Zeppelin. I go uh, up the exit, just trying to find a parking space, and I park in like a security area where all the security cars are. And I'm like, okay, number one rule is if you're, if you're somewhere that you're not supposed to be, just act like you're supposed to be there. So I park the security uh, in the security lot, and I start running down like these steps, and I'm kind of on a hill, and I can hear... Van Halen playing Hot for Teacher. And it's like, oh, shit. So now I'm going to miss Hot for Teacher. So now it's like, I I can't justify paying for seven songs or eight songs. But I'll still try and see, like, you know, is the box office even still open? Problem is the Molson Amphitheater is kind of in the middle of a lake in Toronto. And I don't know how to get across this lake to the box office. So now it's futile. I'm running back and forth. I can't find the box office. I don't know where I'm going. Hot for Teacher is done. I can't see Van Halen, but I can hear them perfectly. You know, kind of drifts across the water. And it's like, I feel like I'm standing basically like in the 10th row. Can't see them, but I can hear them. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stand out here and listen. And I look around and the Van Halen goes into In a Simple Rhyme, which is a pretty cool, obscure song. And I'm like, yeah, I want to hear that. So I stand there with a handful of about seven other vagrants, bums, bicyclists, romantic uh, couples, and listen to Van Halen in the parking lot, basically, across the lake. And some people walk by me, and I don't know how people do this, but two people walk by me like, is that Chris Jericho? And I just look at the ground. I'm like, I don't want to have to explain this. So yeah, I'm standing outside as if I'm like 16 years old and can't afford the ticket to get into the Van Halen show. But I heard the rest of the set, Simple Rhyme, and they went into Ice Cream Man, and ain't talking about love, and Eddie did his solo, and then there was Panama, and then, of course, Jump. And then halfway through Jump, I walked back to my car in the security lot, surrounded by security guards, by the way, in their uniforms. I just keep walking, just keep walking, wave at one guy, how are you? Get in my car and drive away, drive out through the outdoor into the night. So I, uh, I didn't get a chance to see Van Halen, but I heard the last 40% of the show, and it was smoking. But um, I guess no matter what, no matter what happens, there's no excuse. You must rock and roll. But the, the, the number one rule is that anytime you get into a town, when you have the night off, always make sure you go check out You know, one of those. Uh, just Google it. What's happening in Toronto tonight? What's happening in San Diego tonight? What's happening in you know, Sheboygan, Wisconsin tonight? Find out what bands are in town and make your plans accordingly before you even get into your hotel room. Because had I planned ahead and known, I could have went straight from the airport to the Van Halen gig. Could have seen the whole. I could have seen Kenny Wayne Shepherd too if I wanted to. 
could have waltzed in that some bitch and bought a front row ticket. But alas, I listened to it from across the lake. Did you learn a lesson? <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is on. Talk is Jericho. Okay, so um, I'm here with, with with Sasha Banks, and it's really hard for me because from Canada, for whatever reason, I, it's always Sasha. Yeah. <laughs> and it's pasta and drama. Oh, Sasha works. It's, it's got to be. I got to say it right there. It's funny because um, last week you were on Tough Enough. Yeah. And I actually was writing some notes, and I spelt your name S A W S H A. So Sasha. So I don't it right. Yeah. But yeah, it's like this is it's it's huge to have you. Like I have a lot of people requesting, can you get Sasha Banks? Get Sasha Banks. And I'm so like, cool. I gotta get this Sasha Banks and find out what's going on with this Sasha Banks here. So it's you. You made a huge impression already in such a short period of time. Thank you so much. It's such an honor for me to be here. I'm like marking out a little bit. Inside. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I text, it's funny because. Um, I don't have everybody's numbers, yeah. or whatever. So I just I always ask, you know, get the permission from them. Can I have this person, this person? And then they said, can I get Sasha? They said, yes. Yeah. So can I get her number? So I got to be like the creeper, like, hey, it's Jericho. <laughs> like, no way, it's really Jericho. This is so <laughs> like, cool. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but I mean, it's been pretty uh, a, a pretty big couple of weeks for you. It's been um, amazing. With this new kind of divas revolution that's happening. Yes. I mean, how are you feeling about everything that's gone on so far? <sighs> so far, it's been absolutely insane um everything just seems like it's going so fast and i haven't even had a second to be like holy shit i made my debut and within that week i had a pay-per-view match i had a singles match on raw i had it's just it's going so fast and it's it's just amazing to see how far women's wrestling has come Mm -hmm. and to be part of this revolution and to see how it's taking off and to see where it's going to go, it's it's absolutely insane. But it's exciting. Because you guys really have, like, over the last few years in NXT, and I don't know, I, I want to talk to you about this, if it was a conscious decision or just a natural progression of how, like you said, revolutionizing mm-hmm. what women's wrestling is. Yeah. Because, you know, watching some of the matches that you guys have had, and I haven't seen all of them, but I watched quite a few. It's like with, with, um, with Becky. Yeah with Charlotte like just incredible matches that almost remind me of like late 80s early 90s all Japan women yeah which were like yeah. the women were working as good or better than the men were yeah and that's that's always been my dream since I've wanted to be in the WWE I've always wanted to wrestle like the guys but growing up I never really had that that woman figure of seeing that in the WWE because mm-hmm. The time I was watching, it was all brawn panties matches, and yeah, right. you had to be on the cover of Playboy to get a storyline, and it was just like so frustrating for me to watch that and just to be to know that this is what I wanted to do when I grew up. Mm-hmm. But I always watch guys like Eddie Guerrero and, and you and Rey Mysterio and Dean Malenko, and I I always wanted to be like that, and um, just to come to NXT because when we first started, they told us to wrestle like divas, and it's like. What, what exactly is that? Yeah, what like, does that mean? Exactly. We, we didn't know. Okay. They're just like, be girly, do hair pulling, do cat fights. And we're just like, that's not what we wanted. You know? Mm-hmm. So we kept striving and kept putting on these matches. And we, we made them pay attention to us. 
and we we almost recreated our own opportunity to have the matches that we have now and it's it's taken off and now that you see mm-hmm. we're on raw we're doing it and we're getting two segment matches two diva matches yeah, two every, separate matches on a show yeah. every week on raw and it's just like when has that ever happened mm-hmm. never has that ever happened and just like i'm really 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 excited to see how much it's going to grow because you saw last night ronda rousey 34 seconds 34 <laughs> like she is changing the game and women are just they're, they're changing the world and you know i would love to main event and pay-per-view someday mm-hmm. like that's but one you, of my uh, dreams you know you have haven't you or not a pay-per-view okay. a live event an nxt okay, live NXT event live yeah event. was because there's nxt like takeover specials as well did yeah. you ever do a main event on that no, okay but no. the live events yes and the tv tapings i've had which when they told me that i like i freaked out inside and we had an NXT show in Philly, in Philadelphia, and they told me that me and Charlotte were main eventing, and I lost. I just started crying. I'm like, wow. in front of the Philly fans? Like, right. you know the reputation of them. Like, I was so nervous, but we had that match, and everybody stood up and applauded, and nobody left the arena. And I just felt so thankful and honored that, you know, well, I get to just, do this. Just the um, confidence that the company has, and, and keep this in mind as mm-hmm. well. Yes, it's NXT, but don't forget, it's still all under Vince McMahon's yes. banner. He's yeah. still approving what's going on. Yeah. And to have a, a women main event, that's not a gimmick. Mm-hmm. And not that there, I think there was maybe on Raw a couple of women's main events. Yes. It was Stephanie and, and Lita. and then It was, was Trish and Lita. Trish and Lita. Yeah. Was, was Stephanie involved or was it just a straight single match? Yeah, it was just a straight okay, single match. Okay, so that yeah. was the last one. Yeah. Because I remember there was another one, I think, where Rock was the ref. Yes. And there was all this. But that's been 12 years 10 years you know and for you guys to now be re-emerging to main eventing house shows in philly in philly oh my god it's crazy that's a huge vote of confidence from the company yeah it's it's insane i i don't i don't know it's just i'm so humbled by it i'm so thankful it's crazy so when you when you were watching and you're talking about like you said the bra and panties Mm -hmm. matches and all that sort of thing and that's just the way that it was at that point in time you know, because there's a lot of those girls who were great athletes, but yes. it was all based around what your body looked like in a bikini. Exactly. You know, so when you were watching that as, as I'm assuming probably a teenager, <laughs> yeah. were you thinking like, um, okay, this is what I'm gonna have to do? Or were you thinking maybe it'll change? Or were you digging it? Or how was I it was definitely you? not digging it, but I definitely had in my mindset that I was going to settle for it because mm-hmm. I love I love WWE, and I knew that to be in the WB and to be a female that I would probably have to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And I always settled that I knew that I would have to wrestle models and have like maybe three minute matches. But when I got here in NXT, like I didn't want that. I mm-hmm. couldn't, I couldn't settle for that, especially when they started to give us more time. And I was just like, wow, we're getting good reviews for this. And people are really paying attention. Like I can't, I can't settle for three minutes sure. of, of wrestling. Like I, work way too hard and that's not my dream like if you're not going to go full force for your dream then why even try mm-hmm. so uh, well, I, I always settled for it but at the same time I I don't know why I did like I always knew that I was going to be in the WWE but I never knew how or when because I never I never was confident with my looks growing up or just just a lot of things but then when I finally got the call that I got signed and you know, at that time, it was when a lot of the divas were were leaving, and I was like, "Oh my God, what a great time to be in the WWE!" Opening up, right? But then they started Total Divas, and then we kind of got pushed back <laughs> a little bit, um, and then we could just kind of had to work towards something different for a while, and then NXT happened, and that just ho- opened the doors for you know 
Well, let me ask you this. Amazing I mean, things. The, the, the whole NXT women's division is, is based, there's four or five of you. I mean, there's Charlotte, <laughs> there's Bailey, uh, Becky, there's Becky, yeah. and there's... There's me. There's you, Sasha. There's four. We call ourselves the four horsewomen. But, but, but four of you came, only, but only three of you have come up so far. Yes. Right, so we're still waiting we're for We're waiting for Bailey. For Bailey. We need okay. her. So when you first <laughs> came into NXT, did you know any of those other girls? Because you're telling me that they said work like divas, and then you're yeah. saying, what does that mean? And I'm asking, like, what does that mean? Hair pulling? Exactly. When I started, butts in I the started. Face, yeah. faces or whatever. I started with Paige, Summer, um, and Emma, mm-hmm. and they all got called up before me, but. Yeah, that's just what they told us. They didn't. They didn't want us to work like guys. They said, no punches, no forearms, no kicks, no no striking. Just pull hair and do this stuff. And we're just like, what is this? <laughs> right. and, and Sarah Del Rey came in and she's like, what do you mean? What is this diva mm. style that you're talking about? And she was not for it. And she still trained us like the guys, you know. Well, maybe there's the link because Sarah was very critically acclaimed on the Indies yes. for being like this incredible worker. So when she gets hired as a coach that, in NXT, yeah. was that kind of the difference that kind of started I, getting you guys to work a different way? I believe so because she's the first female coach that we ever had in WWE. Yeah. And she's never been in the WWE. So that right. says something for itself and that says something for her work and where she's come from and how hard she worked. So I definitely think that they they looked at that and they said, you know, let's, let's give her a chance. Let's see what she can do with these women and, you know, mm-hmm. here we are now. But, you know, not only Sarah has taught me, like, I've learned from Joey Mercury and from the f- best, Norman Smiley, I have to give him so <laughs> much credit because I would not be the wrestler who I am today if it wasn't for him. He is definitely the backbone of developmental. Like, he has the patience of a freaking angel. He is the best. I love him to death. That's so interesting because not to – Norman and I worked together for years in Mexico – and one thing led to another that I was able to help Norman get that job in there. Oh, so for thank me to you. hear that, because <laughs> he did the same for me in 93. My first match ever in Mexico of any merit was against the champion. He's amazing. Who was Black Magic, and yep. I was a nobody. But instead of like squishing me or just doing a quick match so we can get back on the plane and go back to Mexico City, we had like a 30-minute, for me, classic match. He put me on the map. Yeah. So I know what Norman can do, and you, patience is what you said. The, the oh. Patience. So, how how does Norman? What, what is his influence on you guys? For me, like I don't know if people get it, but the number one thing he's taught me was to stay close, stay, stay close t- to your opponent. Really? That means like how he taught me is like um, there, there was a saying he said, "You can't throw skittles at a six-month-year-old and expect something that they're going to catch it." You have to legit spoon feed them to see that what's coming. Hmm. And that just always connected in my mind. And that changed my matches so was completely. So was he equating the audience to the six-year-old or to like a, a worker in the Yes, ring? both. Both, okay. Both. So he's just, he's so patient. And if you don't get something the first time, he's not going to be like, quit, start over. Like, mm-hmm. you're never going to get it. He's like, of course you're not going to get it the first time. You're not going to get it the first month. You're going to get it within six months. You're just going to keep trying. And he's just, he's amazing. I can't, there's, there's nothing bad I can say about Norman. So when you got to, uh, to NXT, was there any of the other kind of the, uh, the, the famous four or whatever? What do you call yourselves? The four horsewomen. The four horsewomen. <laughs> were the other four horsewomen there? Or were you the first? Or? No. Um, first it was Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And then a couple months it was me. Mm-hmm. Um, then Bailey came. And then Becky came. And... Um, it wasn't until this year where people really took notice of our matches from NXT thanks to the takeovers. And it, and it really started 
well, we have to give credit to Paige and Emma because they had the first takeover match and they really laid it on the map for us. Mm-hmm. So when they got called up to the main roster and there was like this little empty space and there was finally a time for me to like to step up because nobody knew who I was when they were there. It was all about Paige and Emma and Summer and I was just in the background just, you know, waiting patiently for my turn and just just so happy and honored to be there, but you know, finally the boss character came to play. Like, I just turned it up inside what I really felt because I wasn't being used. And I was getting so frustrated that I would train so hard every single day and they wouldn't use me. Mm. And I knew in my heart that I was a good wrestler. I didn't have the character at the time. So I, I put in my work with my character and finally the boss came out. And finally, you know, these crazy matches that I had with Charlotte and the storyline with her and having, you know, matches with Bailey and, and my takeover with Becky and people calling in that one of the best women's, like, matches they've ever that was, seen. It was a great match. Like, that boggles my mind. And also, like, I've seen a lot of women's matches. So, like, when people said it, I checked it out. And it yeah. was an excellent match. Thank like, it was you. really, really good. And, like I said, late 80s, early 90s yeah. women's wrestling, which I don't know if you ever watched it. Yes, I did. Miami Toyota and Hokuto. And One of my just, favorites. Really? Yes. I love Japanese women's wrestling. Oh, no kidding. I wanted to go to Japan so bad before I even came to WDB because, again, like, that was the style that I looked up to and what I watched because I just... I was admired by it. I was like, no way. There's women that actually wrestle like men. Like, I want to go there. How did you find out about it? Uh, YouTube. About it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Right. I went to an online school, and I didn't even go to, like, I didn't go to school. I just watched on YouTube wrestling all the time. Like, mm. that's all I did. So, an online school for? For high school. For high school. Yeah. Okay, it's like almost like homeschool home, something? Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> so, homeschool, and pretty then watching, wrestling, watching wrestling. all wrestling. it. That's, that's so it. how did you feel when you first saw like you know Manami Toyota or I, Oh my god! I just thought that was insane. Mm-hmm. These women were legit beating each other up, but I was like admired by. It. I was like, yes, women <laughs> who fight like men. That's what I want to do. <laughs> but you know, in the two thousands, like they don't wrestle like that anymore. Right? It's it's not as as big as it used to be. So you know, it just it just never happened. You mm-hmm. know, I just I really wanted to go to Japan and Mexico. That's always been my dream, but. WWE well, got me first, first. Right. so good. <laughs> well, because you, you're you're fairly young. Yes, I'm 23. 23. But so I feel like I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait to be in the business for a couple years. You'll yeah. be grizzled soon enough. The thing that that impresses me about you is doing doing you know watching and doing some research is that you just mentioned you found this character mm-hmm. of the boss. Yeah. And to find that at 23, that's pretty pretty rare. <laughs> like it takes a while to figure out who you are yeah. as a person in general when you're 23 years old. But now you found this whole alter ego. What was uh, the catalyst to, f- to figure out? What, how did the boss come about? How did it come about? Um, so like I said, I started with NXT and just no character. I was just myself, just so happy to be there. Just just a loser, a mark. <laughs> you know, that got signed. I was like, yes. <laughs> and I was just getting frustrated that, you know, no one, the fans didn't really connect to me at that time. And I just kept sitting at home just like, what am I missing? What am, what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? And um I actually talked to Tyler Breeze, who has been there for a long time, and he finally came into that Tyler Breeze character mm. from before. He was just, uh, I don't even remember what his other character was, but he was just like nothing, you know? Yeah, he's a nondescript guy. Um, and, he, and he really helped me. He's just like, you know, get a list of characters, have a background story, and just figure out what fits you the most. And the first thing I had was the boss, because my cousin is Snoop Dogg, and he calls himself the boss, and I was just like... What? Yep. Really? Yeah. And I was like, this might, this works. I, I know 
I can just call them for, you know, one-liners and all that stuff. And that's what I did. And it just kind of kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I just, you know, I kept watching things on, you know, on the TV. And it was all like Nicki Minaj and all this at the time. And here I am, so that's the boss what you of NXT. Th- so you taken that one little piece of the boss. Yes. And then suddenly I'm that gives you to, to all these other things. Yes. So Snoop Dogg is your cousin? He's my cousin. Like your first cousin? My first cousin. <laughs> really? Yeah. So your mom and his mom are sisters? My or? dad is his dad. Well, my that dad is, is his hilarious. Uncle. I yeah. never knew that. Yeah. I did not know even an inkling of that. Yeah. A lot so of people don't know that. D- did you guys like... Because he, he's older than you. He's way older than me. Right. He can be did my dad. Ever, <laughs> yeah, right. Like he's, yeah. Did you ever like hang out with him? Oh, all, my or? God. Anytime he would come to a wrestling show, I would beg him to take me. So I got to go to like two WrestleManias with him. I got to go to a Raw. And I would legit cry and call him. I'm like, please take me with you. Please take me with you. <laughs> so he took me to WrestleMania when I was 16. And I swear to God, I thought I was going to get signed just because I was like, can, you, <laughs> can I meet Vince? Can I? And, of course, nothing happened. But... Yeah. So he's, a, he's, he's he's a huge fan and he supports it and it's it's awesome to see that he can see me from when I was eight and I always told him that I was going to be a wrestler and, and everyone was just like, yeah right. And now I'm here <laughs> doing it, you know. Did you ever ask him for any like advice about being in show business at all? No. Okay. No, never. <laughs> we just Did, always talked about wrestling. That's was yeah, your connection. That was our connection. He loved it. I loved it. Because he's been he's it. been a uh, you know a star for. 20, for 20 years. odd years. So yeah. since you. Since I was born. Your since whole 92, life, he's yeah. been a star. You grew up with this famous cousin. Yeah. It's did been it, crazy. Did it ever help you, like, when you were in high school or, like, meeting, meeting boys or anything like that? <laughs> it made me be a little bit cool. When mm-hmm. he would have a concert, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going. Oh, you want to go? Ugh. <laughs> you better ask. That's right. So I definitely felt cool at some points, but, you know, it didn't. Didn't did really you ever, like, to did, me. So, so like, to like, impress somebody, you would like take him to a concert. Did you ever get like his uh, signed <laughs> autograph or anything like that? Of course, I did that would all you? the time. Yeah. yeah, just to show that I was cool. You know, yeah. I, mean? I wanted to be a cool kid. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's conversely. I'm and sure there's yes. people who think it's cool that he knows the you. The other way around. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, because Snoop is a, is a huge wrestling fan too. He's performed WrestleMania. He's been backstage. Uh, he's, um, he was the GM a bunch of times. Yes. You know, that sort of thing, too. Are you, are you from L.A. or where are you from? I am originally from California, Fairfield, okay. the Bay Area. But I call Boston home because that's just like that's where I felt right. And that's where I started training. Hmm. So that's where I just came into my own of, you know, getting to live my dream. So. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let me ask you one last thing about your training. Where did you actually start training? At Chaotic Wrestling. And that's in Boston? It's in Boston, yes. So were you in the Boston area already, or did you fly there? No. How did you hooked up with them? Um, so my mom moved there for work, and um, it was a week before my 18th birthday, and they were doing a fantasy camp at the Chaotic uh, Performance Center. And um, I remember I trained so hard, and I got, <laughs> I got there, and all it was was these fat Jeff Hardy wannabes. And I was just like, <laughs> this is it? But the person who won that fantasy camp got uh, – free training for three months and I just worked so hard and I was the only girl there and I won the camp and that's how I began my training who was training you 
Um, my trainers were Brian Fury, uh, Brian Malonis, and Handsome Johnny. Okay. So I had three trainers at the time, and uh, they're incredible. Were you the only girl in the... I was the only girl. So you would be training with guys? I trained all the guys, yeah. Hmm. So when you were up. growing up, you're a big wrestling fan. Yeah. Who, who, does, who did you like to watch? My number one was Eddie Guerrero. Mm. Oh, my favorite of all time. I love HBK. I love you. So that's why I'm marking <laughs> out. God, I love Dean Malenko. I loved all the, like, the grapplers, the cruiser, like all that mm-hmm. style. What, what did you like best about Eddie? That's I, People ask me that, and I don't know what made me connect to him so much, but I just, he was the first match that I saw that got me hooked on wrestling, because before that, I was such a girly girl. I, I swear I was going to be a beauty queen, and then wrestling was on my TV, and I was instantly hooked, and I couldn't stop watching every single week. And it was an Eddie match, and just everything about him, I just love. I just, I want to be the female Eddie Guerrero. He's God, the greatest of all time to me. I love oh, everything about him. He, you know, and I was talking with Conan a couple of days ago when we were talking about Eddie, and possibly could be one of the best total package oh, performers yes. of all time. Because the thing that Eddie had that not a lot of guys have is he was a, if he was a baby face, you fell in love with him. Yes. If he was a heel, you, you hated instantly him. hated him. Yes. He could do both. To, to the utmost degree. Yes. And that's not something that a lot of guys can do. Most guys are good at one or the other. He's incredible. Know? Absolutely incredible. Did you ever go to the to the matches live? Yes, all the time. Oh in where, where? In California? In Minnesota. So I lived everywhere. I saw that your number was a Minnesota number. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I still have it, and I haven't lived there in like over 10 years. Oh, okay. I just have never switched it <laughs> right. for some reason. Yeah, I lived everywhere because um, I have a brother with disabilities, so we mm-hmm. just moved around a lot just to find the right hospitals and the, the right you know, schools for him. And at the time I was in Minnesota and it's actually, it's one of my sad stories. Um, I was at the show where Eddie had passed away. You're kidding me. So my favorite wrestler of all time. And I was at that show in Minnesota and I just thought to God, I'm like, why did you do this to me, God? So it, that's like one of the most heartbreaking things wow. ever. Cause the, he passed away before in, the show. In Minnesota. The, before the show. Yeah. And the, in the day before I had won tickets to be front row. So I thought it was a sign that, like, yeah, I get, Eddie, I get to meet Eddie Guerrero and I get to see him, and he had passed away. The so, next as day. a fan going to the show, when did you find out that Eddie had passed away? Was there an announcement, or was it just <sighs> word on the street? Or? It's, oh God, it's such a sad story. Um, so I went to church that morning, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't turn on a radio or a TV or nothing. And I made my little sign that said, "I love Eddie Guerrero," and I went to the arena and I saw all these signs that said rest in peace Eddie and we'll miss you Eddie and I just thought in my head oh my god everyone in Minnesota must hate Eddie because I thought in my head that he's going to wrestle the Undertaker or something because what was scheduled was supposed to be Eddie versus Batista versus Randy and you know as a a kid you just you didn't know and I legit thought he was going to wrestle the Undertaker and then I remember a fan came up to me and he said you know Eddie died right and I go no he's like yeah he died in his hotel this morning I go no, so it just felt like a hammer hit my heart and the glass didn't shatter. And I was just like in shock because I looked at my mom and my mom was just like, I'm so sorry, sweetie. I know you're his favorite. And I was just like, I just died inside. That was my favorite wrestler of all time. And I just wow. thought to God, I'm like, God, why did you do this to me? Like, why? That is unbelievable. It's, it's crazy, you didn't right? even know. And you had I a sign. Know. And I had a sign that said, I love Eddie. And I wanted him to see it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, so. How did they announce that at, at the arena? Did they say anything, or did it just? It was just all over business the news. as usual. But yeah. I mean, as far as the show. Oh no, they had a tribute show for him. 
So that it, was the pay per view, though. It was a raw. a raw. It was a super gotcha. show. Okay. A raw and gotcha. a SmackDown, and they just dedicated the whole show to him. Wow! So you stayed? I, of course, watched, I stayed. Yeah. Oh, it was it was really hard. But so, do you think that um, with that story, and that's a, that's a it's crazy, crazy right? Story. <laughs> like, yeah, like that stirs my heart. Did that influence you in any way, shape, or form? Like you know uh, that now I have to do this or. I have to, like, you know, I, did it give you more incentive to want to follow this dream? No, because at that time, I was even looking at wrestling schools. I was 13 at the time. Mm. And I remembered I messaged legit every school in the whole state. Like in Minnesota, I even messaged someone in Canada and California and New Jersey. And I asked, will you please train me? And, and how much is it? And everyone's like, no, you have to be 16. You have to be 18. So, um, I actually joined an MMA school to help me with wrestling because I watched an RVD DVD and I just thought, <laughs> oh, that might help me with wrestling. Um, but it's just, it's always been my dream since I was 10. And legit, when I tell you every single day I dreamt about wrestling, I dreamt about wrestling every single day, 24 hours. And when I finally turned 18, I'm like, mom, this is what I'm doing. I'm sorry. I get to sign the paper myself, but this is it. Like, this is all I, I've loved, and this is all I've known mm-hmm. legit since I was 10, and I don't know anything else. I have no plan B. Um, this is my life, and but I love it. But she knew She knew the coming. passion, right. yes. Yeah. See, to me, like, I did not know that. And, <laughs> and once again, you're talking, and, and nothing against anybody that's ever stepped in the ring I have respect for, but you're talking about the divas of the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Literally, they were going through swimsuit model yes. catalogs and saying, "How about her?" A diva you search, try yes. This? And if you could go and, and and some diva search, but some like even like Kelly and and just kind of taken right out of a catalog. Yeah. And if you could kind of go through the training and survive, and if you had the aptitude to stick with it, you would be a diva. Yeah. But you're telling me this is something that you've done or wanted to do since you're 10 years old. Yes. Now you're starting to get into my territory because <laughs> that was like for me. Yeah. Where, where you're telling, did, did you tell your friends this? And I told kinda, all my friends and they just laughed. Right. They just couldn't believe it. Like, but I love telling people because they, they just never, they would never guess and they would, I liked when they laughed at me because I just always knew that I was going to show them. Hmm. So, you know, when I got here, I was just like, in your face. <laughs> and then oh, when I won the NXT championship, I'm like, in your face. And then when I debuted on Raw, I was just like, dude, in your face, I did Triple it. Like, oh face. my God, it's did you ever have a moment like this? I remember this specifically. I used to go to church, and the pastor was a really cool guy. And right before I left Winnipeg to go to Calgary, it was like literally like two days before or whatever, I, he, I can't remember why I was on, on the front of the stage where he called me up and said, you know, hey, Chris is moving to Calgary to go become a pro wrestler. And I people laughed. And I remember still vividly listening to people laugh at me because I wanted to go be a wrestler. I might as well say I was going to be a sword swallower yeah. of mine. And that really infuriated me, pissed me off. Like, in this house of positivity, you're going to laugh at me. Yeah. It really Oh, my God, yeah. Did you ever have anything like that? That's exactly what happened to me. So, <laughs> because I went up, because my mom pushed me up on the stage because they asked for a prayer request. Oh, at church, <laughs> yeah, too? At church, yes. You, too? So, I went up, and I just, I asked everyone to pray for me. I'm like, hey, I'm going to do this fantasy camp for wrestling, and I really hope I win, because... If I don't win, I, I won't be able to afford to train for wrestling. And they go, they all laughed at me. Oh. And I just was like, okay, well, thank you for the ones that will pray for me. And then the week later, I got it, and I went back, because then you have to tell, you have to go up and, and say, you know, if it happened, 
I'm like, well, I won the fantasy camp, so thank you for the ones who prayed for me. And just everyone's just like, you're going to train to be a wrestler? I'm going, yes, I am. Thank you very much. God real? bless you. No. <laughs> so it's See, crazy. so here's the moral of the story. If you ever go to church and someone comes up to the front and says, you know, don't laugh. <laughs> don't laugh. Because it scarred both of us yes. for life. But maybe gave it us the, me more. the fire. Yes. To, yeah, because I was like, I am not going back there ever. Absolutely. Until, I don't think I ever did go back. <laughs> I'm definitely not going back unless I really make it. Yes. So when you're talking about this fantasy camp and you had to, to win, what did you have to do to win? We just, whoever impressed the coaches the most. And so what it was is just basic, like just your bumps, hitting the ropes, conditioning. And that was it. And cutting a promo. Oh, my God. That was so <laughs> hard. And I was so shy. They're like, you ready for your promo? I'm like, uh, I didn't know <laughs> that we're going to do that. But sure. So, yeah, I just impressed them by that. And, you know, thank God because I, I didn't have a single dime. And I wouldn't have not been able to pay for training and thankfully, they never let me pay for training because I just wrestled for, for them for free and just kept trying to make a name for myself. Well, in the, the fact, too, that they chose, you know, chose a woman yes. to win the fantasy thing, that's, you must have really impressed. I hope so. Well, you I know? did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now look at me. What was, your, uh, what was your wrestling name, your first wrestling name? Mercedes KV. What does KV stand for? <laughs> My last name, Kessner Bernardo, because they're just like, well, you need a last name because at the, in the Indies, there's a girl named Mercedes Martinez. And I didn't want to change my name. I love the name Mercedes. So I'm just like, Mercedes KV? <laughs> I had no idea. What I didn't know what I was doing. You're very exotic. So we know that, that you're, you're, there's some, some black in there. Got a little hood in me. <laughs> and German. That's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're very exotic looking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Thanks. there you go. So the KV is what now? Kessner Renato. It's German and You and African? Kofi have the craziest know. last names. Kofi's like Sarkati Mensa it's or something so like this. It's so long. Yeah. It's stupid. <laughs> so you're a Mercedes KV. Yeah. <laughs> So you're working in the Boston area mm-hmm. for Chaotic Championship Wrestling. Plug, shout out to them. Yes, uh, they're awesome. Did you just did you start kind of working around the territory, or was it I just did? In I worked. I worked all over Maine, uh, Massachusetts, New Jersey. Um, I even did a show in North Carolina, which they only paid me twenty five dollars for. But I just thought <laughs> if I travel outside, maybe I'll make a bigger name for myself. And um, I went to Chicago and just kind of wherever expanded. anybody took me, I went. Was there anybody that you work with that's here now? Who's here? Yeah, there's a lot of people. Um, a guy named Danilo. He's a ref now. I used to actually have matches with him. Oh, really? Um, Kofi trained at the same school I did. Oh, okay. um, there was a guy named Max Bauer who was here. Sean Bennett, who's another ref, was a ref in Chaotic. Um, that's about it. That's but none of the girls? Though. None of the girls, no. Okay. Yeah, so you're here as basically an 18-year-old girl doing all this stuff. Yeah. We used to live at home? Yes. Okay. So that's too. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get connected with, with WWE? How did it work? Um, so the owner of Chaotic Wrestling was, I don't know, friends with somebody in WWE and always got his guys to be an extra. And there was a wrestling form for all these indie guys. And it, and it said the names of the guys that he chosen to be an extra. And I said, oh, that's weird. You never asked me to be an extra. How do I do that? And he's like, no, no, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. And I go, no, I'm ready. I want to be an extra to be for the WWE. So I just remember I looked up um, someone's email address, and I just I emailed them. I said, hey, can I be an extra? You guys are going to be in Boston. And he emailed me back saying yes. So I just kept being an extra, and I keep showing up. So you just did it on your own? I did on my own because I'm like, you it. can't wait for anybody. Yeah. You can, especially in this business. you got to take it, and you got to go. And um, I just kept being an extra, and I kept asking them for tryouts. And I finally got the call to have a week tryout at FCW. And okay. I told myself that I'm not going to leave until I get signed. Hmm. And I got signed, so... That quickly? Or... Yeah. After the week tryout? 
So you're obviously telling me like you when it comes to tryouts, you're 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 ready for it. I'm ready for won it. The yes. scholarship. I don't take no for an answer if I want it. You know what I mean? I and I wanted it. Like I'm not going to give up on this dream and to have an opportunity like that. Absolutely not. Mm. I'm not going to sh- I do not want to shut the bed. Mm-hmm. And I, I just try to do my best. It was pretty pretty early on too though because if that was FCW that must have been 3 years ago. Yeah, years I've been ago. here 3 years now. So tell me about the differences, you know, when you first got to FCW because now when you go to Orlando to Center. NXT Performance Center, Full Sail Studios, I mean that place is it's amazing. Insane. Yeah. It's so crazy. But FCW was still a little bit more of an old school vibe. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a little warehouse and the walls were all black so you had no idea if it was sunny out or if it was dark and you're just like what's life and we only had two rings and um legit we trained for three three hours and then we got kicked out of the building because the next class had to come in and that was it Hmm. that was it but now we're here in orlando with the performance center with seven rings and it's an awe like for a wrestling fan to to see that it's absolutely insane we are so spoiled by that building seven rings amazing coaches from all over the world we have a state of an arc gym we have a room that we can practice our promos a room where we can watch back our matches and we just did not have that fcw like we would pray to watch our mass- matches mm-hmm. back like but we didn't have anything so just nobody has s- had that ever by the never. way never <laughs> no we're so spoiled it's insane it's so when it's you got beautiful. to FCW, how, was, how, how many other girls was there? At the time, I think there was only eight. And now we have like 13, 14, and we'll keep getting yeah, more. Like 70 guys or something oh, like that. Oh, so many guys. What was your uh, experiences with Dusty Rhodes? Oh, might make me tear up. Oh, absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I miss him so much. And um, he helped me so much with my character and to be confident. I think that's like the most amazing thing that I can take away because he never he never gave up on me and he always believed in me and um god anything you needed you just go to dusty because mm. he was everybody's grandpa <laughs> legit god i miss him so much it's it's not the same without him so how did he um you know i always hear about the dusty rose learning tree mm-hmm. i never got the chance to sit <laughs> there but what, what, what would he tell you to give you confidence about character and, and that so sort we would have promo class every week with him and um we would have a minute to you come up with your own promo and you do it and he would critique you and he just had an eye for promo like he 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 is the the king oh my god the king of promos and if you just said something different just like this way or if you looked to the left of this moment like it would just change the whole promo and how you felt about it and like the story of it and I just remember that when I first really started with the, the Sasha Banks character, he would just always tell me, be sassy, baby, sassy. I want more sass from you. Yeah, we, we always have a tradition here <laughs> that you have to actually indicate. You have to do it. Yeah, you give uh, it to me in a dusty way. Baby, Sasha, baby, I want more sassy, more sassy, baby. You know you can do it, baby. You try that again. Give it one more minute, baby. Cassie, baby, one more minute. So I had to redo the promo. I'm all nervous. And it, he just, he never gave up. Mm-hmm. Oh, he never gave up on anybody. And I love him. So would you have uh, like? Would you go to him and say, "This is my idea for a character," everything. and then he would help you work with it? Absolutely, with everything, anything you needed from him, with creative wise, he was there for you. Mm-hmm. Like you said, not the same without him. It's there. definitely not the same Nor without him. It, we, right. it will never be. Well, Where I'm did so you get lucky. the name uh, Sasha Banks? Um, <laughs> well, they just asked me for a list of names, so I had Sasha with a different last name and Banks with a different first name and. 
they just put it together and gave what, it to what me. Was, what, what was some of the first? God, I had Maya, Jade. Um, so I had so many names. I just I wanted a name so quick, so I just made a, a list. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you yeah. just take it. Just <laughs> give me a name. But I love Sasha Banks. This sounds like a star name. And here well, I the am. thing is too, and here and here's the secret. There's so many different uh, like finishing moves you can use. Yes, like statement and there's and like so many bad names in wrestling. So I'm so thankful I got a good name. <laughs> well, exp- yeah, especially in, especially in, in, NXT. in NXT. Yeah, yeah. Like some of those guys like soap opera names. Oh my, like, it's that you so say, bad. Like, I get it. I'm like, that's your new name. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and it's, when you guys did you get like a, a memo saying, hey, everyone's moving from Tampa to Orlando, or was it like a warning that like, in three months we're changing locations? How did that whole thing go down? Uh, well, we kind of heard rumors that we're going to be moving, and then we finally all got the call that you know we're going to Orlando, so pack up your stuff and get ready, because mm-hmm. um, they were still in the process of making the building. And um, I guess within three months we had to move to Orlando, and we saw the building, and we were just like, no way, this is all for us. <laughs> it's... I, I wish every fan can see what that building looked like. Cause it's, it's incredible. It's really yeah. hard to describe, but it's it's insane. It's like a college for wrestling, legit. Right. <laughs> it is. Yeah, right, yeah, pretty much. When you started working with with uh, with the four horsewomen, um, was it instant chemistry right off the bat, or was it kind of a feeling out process? Like, how did you guys switch from don't work like or work like divas yeah. to working the, the style of match how that you're having now? Switch? I don't know. I I just remember my first day. Um, Sarah made me lock up a Charlotte and uh, we locked up and she was like, oh, that was a good lockup. And it just felt right mm-hmm. from that very first moment. So I, I had a connection with all of them. Like I love, I love wrestling Bailey. We have such a good chemistry. Me and Becky always are, are so good. And me and Charlotte, like we can hit each other just so hard and be okay. And like, mm-hmm. we just look at each other and we just, we, we know like there's something to it like our matches have always just been crazy and insane so I I don't know what that moment was where it just finally clicked and people really took notice like what you just said though when you when you said that uh, that lockup was good yeah that is the most rushed and forgotten yes uh part of a match that to me I'll I'll, I'll decide right off the bat if I like the match or not by the lockup yeah a bad lockup pisses me off. Exactly, like it it's the start of the match. It tells yes. you what how good it's going to be. So, and, and like, and that's that's shows that you have the foundations and the basics. You know what I mean? Because that's so important is a strong lockup. Yes, I mean it's such an old school. And I love it. Yeah, because <laughs> you can feel the. You feel it. You should get some slap off it. Oh yeah, you know, like and that's exactly thing. what me and Charlotte had because I was like, ooh, ow, but mm, I'm ready to go again. Let's do <laughs> it. How is it working with her? Obviously, you know her father just happens to be the yeah. greatest ever. Football. Yeah, you know, and a lot of pressure on her as a result yes and rick has had three kids yeah. and the other two guys were never as good as rick yeah. but charlotte in a way not that anyone's ever as good as rick but there's definitely the aptitude is there she is incredible and the most amazing athletic person i have ever met in my whole life the way that girl she can touch her head to her toe like every time i put her in a hold and i'm just like holy cow are you okay like she can mm-hmm. She is so athletic and she's incredible because the things that she's been through and has never given up, like for her brother to die. Mm-hmm. And she came back to the school a week later. Right. How strong do you have to be? And everything she's ever been through with the media, with her family, she is so incredibly strong. And my God, she definitely made a name for herself. She does not need her daddy's last name. Mm-hmm. She She's here to prove a point and... She's here to be 
like her own, like to fill her own shoes, not to fill her daddy's. Right. You know, and she's definitely done that. You guys are so lucky too, because I mean, I was had this too with with, with Eddie and with Ben Wong, with you know Milenko and with Ray. You find this group of guys where all from different backgrounds, mm-hmm. all grew up the same, just wrestling restaurants, and suddenly there's the, the, all similar skills yes. and style. And when you have that, like you just mentioned, like I can work with Bailey or I work with it. Charlotte or work with Becky, and you can interchange the three or the four. That's a pretty cool thing. It's also very rare. It's very rare, especially here. Like the things that we have in common is that we love this, mm-hmm. and we all, apart from Charlotte, not the time, but we all wanted to do this since we were a kid. But she was in this business since she was she, a kid. She, you know what I mean? She knows about it. She just it. didn't know it, but exactly. she was going to be in it for yeah. Um, but the passion from those women. Oh, I, I love training with them. I love wrestling with them just because we all get along and we can all talk about wrestling and understand what wrestler we're talking about from 20 years ago. And <laughs> it's it's so cool, man. I It's really exciting. Was there any uh, girls that you looked up to? I mean, you mentioned Eddie and, and, and HBK and all those guys, but was there any of the girls that you looked up to when you were? There wasn't really girls I looked up to. I loved watching, you know, Jazz and Jacqueline and I loved Molly Holly and Victoria and Trish mm-hmm. when they got to wrestle. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was always Eddie for me. I mm. loved Eddie. Anything about Eddie, I was just like so in awe. <laughs> <laughs> so when you guys were working, and NXT has gotten so big now that it, and like I said, I haven't been on that side of the coin. But were you content staying in NXT, and or were you always like, I got to get into the big leagues now, now, now? <laughs> At the end, it was hard because we were just so spoiled, and like for me to have matches that were 10 minutes 15 minutes 20 minutes 25 minutes and then getting to main event i was like yeah man i can do this rest rest of my life i like it this is cool but the hardest thing for me was um knowing in the fact like if i get called up to the main roster am i going to have a three minute match like i wasn't content with that but i knew it was going to change Mm -hmm. because we were changing in nxt and there was a high demand of you know the women they wanted to see the women like they were excited to see the women um but of course i always wanted to be called up because mm. that's always been my dream that's what i wanted since i was 10 um but i just i never really thought the day was going to happen because i you know a year goes by then the second years go by and then the third year goes by and you're just like all right what what do <laughs> i do what exactly am i missing um and then i finally got the call and i i just i really didn't believe it until I walked through that curtain. And then I walked through that curtain. And I was like, no way this is real. Stephanie McMahon just introduced me. And what? I just put my finisher on Nikki Bella. Like, what? It's So what did they insane. tell you? Like, you know, how did you find out? Okay, now you're finally going. Uh, I just got the call from Carano that Saturday before. And he's like, yeah, we're going to fly you out. This might be the deal. But we don't know. It might not be. So I wasn't going to get too excited because, you know, in this business, it always changed. Yeah, you knew that. I knew that. And so then I got to the arena and they're like, you know, you know, still could happen. It still can't. And I'm like, you know, I will not get excited until I come back from that curtain. And I remember he just come. Oh, I might cry. I came back to that curtain. I just I broke down in tears because it just felt like everything I ever worked for. I like I finally (laughs) did it. And I just. It's insane. You made it. Yeah, I made it. But I'd seen you a few times before, about probably a bunch of times. But I live events. Yeah, specifically <laughs> rem- remember Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I that mean, was my first uh, house show. What? Yeah, for WWE. <laughs> well, that's exactly <laughs> amazing, not, uh, right? Not exactly a little uh, show either. No. How um, was that for you, kind of uh, being a Boston girl? It was insane, just because Madison Square Garden. That's that's yeah. it. That's the mecca, and um, 
and just to know that was my first you know live event for WWE and I'm just like oh I'm so <laughs> lucky this is so cool and it was against Nikki and Natty and I had Charlotte as my tag team partner and it was just and we had Ric Flair there too was, that's right yeah and Vince was there too and I was just like ah yeah. oh, this is so crazy and the fans knew who I was and I was in NXT and like we barely even had TV time on NXT so does that, that crazy. kind of blow your mind like uh, I remember we were in England last November or whenever it was and Zane and Neville were on the show and getting great reactions yeah. and, and they couldn't believe it does it did it blow your mind like you mentioned like Madison Square the, the NXT brand has really gotten oh so popular God. and not even on conventional not, TV exactly it's right. in, it has totally blown my mind, especially doing uh, live events for WWE and to have people come out at the airports and know who I am and like waiting for me and it hasn't even been announced. So I'm like, how do you even have a picture of me waiting? Like, how do you guys mm-hmm. know this stuff? But to come out and hear the crowd reaction and to hear them say my name and even call me Ratchet, like, you only know to call me Ratchet if you have the WWE Network. If you watch, right, to you watch know, that, right? to watch NXT. It's insane how big NXT has become it's legit the third brand like yeah. it's not developmental we're the third brand and it's very organic yeah too. you know you're talking about it's the, so the, different the barclay center show that's pretty much sold out will be sold out oh my god i mean that's that is unbelievable uh, nxt sold out. i'm like legit shaking arena, i'm right? so nervous and excited like i can't that hasn't gone through my mind that we're going to be wrestling there the mm. day before SummerSlam. yeah and it's going to be sold out. Yeah. What? And it's all you guys. All us. Yeah. Yes. It's insane. No one else spoiling it. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> None I'm of us so idiots cool. there to spoil it. Yes. What's, you mentioned the ratchet. What is that again? <laughs> so ratchet means like a trashy ghetto girl. And okay. it's it's what the NXT fans call me. Sadly. <laughs> Those bastards. Those bastards. Yes. <laughs> How did that start? <laughs> I just remember having a match with Emma. And they started chanting that at me. And I was really confused. I'm like oh my god are they calling me rat shit am i that bad like what's going on <laughs> and i remember going through the curtain and everyone's like oh my god they just called you ratchet i'm like what exactly do that does that mean and they explained to me what that means i'm like all right i'll take that reaction then no reaction and it just kind of took off on its own <laughs> it's, it's funny because um last week on tough enough that we have a girl on the show named amanda and she's like a, a beauty pageant chick or fitness chick yeah. very pretty girl and people are starting to get mad at her you know, Miz saved her and they're booing her. Yeah. And afterwards, I said, you know, not everybody has to like you all the time. She's like, if I've never been booed before, I said, get used to it. That's yeah, it's part good. Of the fun. Yeah. So obviously, for you, like you said, coming in and being a fan since 10, when they're calling you Ratchet, you're like, this is great. Like, hell yeah. Yeah. But at first, like, I, it's hard being a bad guy. At oh, first, I it? hated yeah. it because I'm such a natural, I don't know, baby face. Um, <laughs> But the, 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 but the, you fun. want people to like you. Yes. I mean, it's hard when you're not in the business and first come in and people chanting, you know, like Jericho sucks or whatever. Like yeah. If you just came in off the street, you'd be, you'd be devastated. Of like, course. I don't, I don't know. I don't suck. I'm like, I'm nice. Right. I'm, I'm cool. a nice person. I work hard. Cheer for right. me. So that was hard for you. It was definitely hard for me, but now I'm having so much fun. It's, oh, I love when people get mad at me and, you know, what I can do to make them, like, turn on me just like that. Especially, like, when I first come out, like, people cheer me. Especially now at NXT and to see if I can change them. Mm. That's like, it's really fun. That's the ultimate it, trick. Yeah, it's so much fun. It's so much right? fun. Right? Because yeah. that's, that's the secret to, to the business. Yes. Yes, you need to have you know, good matches. More importantly, you need to be able to manipulate the audience to do what you want them to do yes. and react the way you want them to react and make them pay money 
to come see you. Exactly. So that's exactly the best part of it. I love it. You know? It's so much fun. Were you worried or are you worried, like when we're talking about your, your you know, the NXT and, and all the, the great matches that you had, and basically because you've been given the time. Yes. Were you worried when you first came up to WWE, like, oh, is it going to be these five-minute matches, these three-minute matches? Yes, because I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I didn't know that they were going to have this revolution. I didn't even know that Becky and Charlotte were going to debut, too. Oh, really? It was a secret. They try to keep it from us, and we all saw each other at the airport. We're just like, oh, we're just missing <laughs> Bailey. But we're just like, whoa, what's going to happen? Like, we had no idea what's going to happen. And then even when we went out there, we had no idea that but we're going to be with these. When did you find out that you were going out, like, that day? That hours? day, like, okay. maybe two hours beforehand. <laughs> you know right. how this place works. Yeah. They always change it. And we're just like, yep, you're going to be with Tamina and Naomi. I'm like, hell yeah like those are my girls i'm having the most fun of my life right now they're amazing did you think maybe it would be the three of you debuting together I, that's what i thought team? yeah i thought it was just gonna be like team nxt mm-hmm. taking over but why do you think they didn't do that i have i have no idea spread the, spread, <laughs> spread the love a bit, maybe, maybe spread the love yeah but if you're on the same team you can't wrestle each other exactly maybe that's one thing maybe that's it mm-hmm. i'm having so much fun and what uh how did bailey feel was she sad she texted us that night and she just said she's so proud yeah um and that's what we love her we love her so much because we all support each other if it was just charlotte we would be so supportive if it was just becky we would just like the same amount of respect and support so you know her time will come and we're, we're waiting She'll for get her, her shot, she yeah. will get her shot because she is the most incredible person i've ever met in my life and um God, she's amazing. She's amazing in the ring. It's amazing how close you get to the people that you know before you get to the big league. Yes. You know, those those friendships never go away. Yes. No matter what happens, you know. So it's exciting. We need the four horsewomen up here, and her time will definitely <laughs> come, and I, I can't wait. Did you, and you've had some matches so far on Raw yes. where you've had some time. Yes. And were you excited? How did they go? Uh, yeah, my most recent one was with Paige, and we got 15 minutes, and we, like, we killed it <laughs> and it was like the the crossover match which is huge for the girls and god that was and just just to explain this and the fact you're using these yeah. terms is impressive crossover match <laughs> yeah. is the crossover match is um you know from eight to nine and to see if the you know, the fans are going to stay and watch right. and they did and they don't want you to change the channel yeah, in between like the highest, programs you know yeah. rating segment and so they'll um, go from like 855 to 905 yeah and i remember coming back and Vince stood up and shook our hands, and Paige said, Vince never stands up. So mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. It was just, it was, it's been crazy, man. I don't you even know like how to explain it. still like in a little I'm bit of a I'm in a cloud nine right now. Yeah. yeah. I haven't had one second to take it all in because I haven't had one day off. So <laughs> it's just been on the go, 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 which is, I like it. How was it? I mean, obviously, you knew Triple H fairly well from NXT. He's very hands-on. I'm yeah. sure Stephanie, too. How was it when you first met Vince? <sighs> very nerve-wracking, but I told myself, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Please go introduce yourself. Do not be afraid of him. So um, it was actually when we debuted on Raw, and um, I was explaining something to Naomi and Tamina, and I was, like, doing, like, hand motions, and I went like this, and I hit somebody, somebody and I turned around, and it, was, and it was Vince. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and he's like, are you guys excited? Are you guys ready for this? And we're just like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. I really couldn't say anything. He still scares me. Oh. Very intimidating He's presence. He's so intimidating. You know, when you first meet him, it takes years to just, you know, <laughs> it took me about eight years before I could go talk to I him. I just want to be like, hi, I'm this. I just, I can't. I'm so nervous. <laughs> 
So, I mean, and th- I was going to ask this before, too. Like, obviously, the goal now that you're on TV and all this sort of stuff is to finally work. Obviously, WrestleMania is yeah. the biggest thing of all. But you've been at a WrestleMania before, and I've actually worked at WrestleMania. I got to uh, be in uh, Triple H's entrance for WrestleMania. And I just remember going out there, and I thought I was going to throw up. Because I, all I just saw was a sea of fans. And I'm just like, do not mess this up. Do not mess this up. But that feeling was absolutely incredible. And I, I remember walking back, and I was like, that cannot be my WrestleMania moment. I need my own <laughs> because that was so insane. And what was was this the Terminator entrance? Yeah. So, no, not the Terminator. Oh, the when King was, of Kings. The King of Kings. Conan. Yeah. So what were yeah, you guys? We were the, like the slave girls. Uh, did you have masks on? Or we something? did. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was it was so much fun. It was just such an honor for him to pick us and not models. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. picked the NXT girls to do that, and God, he, we are so lucky to have him. Triple H cares so much about the future. And you can see that with NXT because that's his baby. Yeah. He cares so much and he cares so much about the women too. Like he's, he's the reason we get so much time because he believes in us mm-hmm. and we definitely don't want to let him down. So it's and like, you it's, haven't though. we haven't, and when that's a good thing. And thank God. Right? And that's like the most nerve wracking part. Like every takeover, I have a little breakdown because I just don't, I don't want them to be like, this is the match, this is why we can't have time. You know what I mean? I just, mm-hmm. I want to show people what women wrestling can be. And, um, you know, so far, so good. I just, I hope it just keeps going and going. Were you um, a UFC fan? Or have you become one now with Ronda doing all the stuff I've always done? liked MMA. Mm-hmm. So for Ronda right now, like, oh, How give it to her. How is, is, is her doing what she's doing to you? It's so important because WWE loves to... Uh, take what's going right now and what's like popular. what's popular what's hip, and, yeah. and, and you know go forward with it so the fact that she's main eventing and of the fact that her name is out there that definitely helps the women here because they they want to copy Absolutely. that you know what I mean so it's directly influenced the divas revolution yes and thank god <laughs> so thank you Rhonda <laughs> and she did it again yesterday <laughs> yeah but yeah I mean that, that once again because like you said now there's actually a legitimate huge sports icon yes that happens to be a woman so it's like we better do the same and you guys are and people pay money to see that and right. hopefully they do the same for us do you think that you have the chance to main event a pay-per-view at some point i do mm-hmm. i really do and i i hope soon if if not this year i hope the future like the future of women can do that i hope it changes for for the better that you know it just keeps growing and getting better and we keep getting women who love and have passion for this because I just want this business to be, you know, legit rainbows and, you know, <laughs> flowers unicorns. and unicorns. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I just hope that we can change it. You know, the fact that I'm here and like part of this revolution and that that's going to be in history. Like that's crazy to me to mm-hmm. think about that. You know what I mean? And you're I, like, the, whatever happens, you were the four at the forefront. Yes. You and know, people are going to remember that. Salvo I, of it. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> Final question, uh, two part. What's the favorite match that you've ever seen? Oh God, that's. Is hard. there one that stands out for you? That I've seen live, or, that you, or that ever you've, that you've watched, one that you enjoyed? Wow, that's real. Oh my God, that's really hard. Of course, Eddie versus Ray, Halloween Havoc. But I also, this might surprise people. I really liked um, Eddie versus Ray WrestleMania. I think it was twenty one mm-hmm. or twenty. No, it was twenty one. Just because I like that Eddie didn't cheat. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, as a fan, I'm like, you see, he didn't even need to cheat. Was there a reason why he didn't cheat? Was it like I have a no idea. Or something, or no, it was just the opening match of WrestleMania. Okay, and I was gotcha. like, 
Yeah. I don't know. There's something I really like that match, and I can still watch that match and go, oh, oh, kick out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can yeah, still yeah. be a fan in that match. I so. love the Eddie I love Ray that. Halloween Havoc too. That's amazing. Ray was wearing the uh, Phantom yes. outfit. Anything they great, do, great show, oh my yeah. god, incredible! And of course, Re- Eddie versus Brock in, in San, uh, yeah. San Francisco. Yes, Cra- crazy. No way out. <laughs> you know, Ma, you know, are legit. Ma. Are you like one of those guys like Cody Rhodes that you know? I'm not all as good as him, but details. If you give me a quiz against me and Bailey, I would definitely win. Oh. We're at the top, you know. So it's you marks. and Bailey. She's, she's as well. <laughs> she is, but so I would definitely the, beat her. The gauntlet has been thrown down. <laughs> I have to try and get you guys live yes. and do a quiz off. I would win. She would never win. <laughs> What's the, your favorite match that you've ever had? Uh, wow, that's hard. Um, I I really loved the Fatal Four Way um, that the Four Horsewomen had mm-hmm. because that was really really hard. That was hard to put it together. It, it was just hard knowing that this was our opportunity to shine because oh. they gave us so much time, and we did not want to disappoint. And um, God, a four way is just so hard. One mistake and you just throw off the whole flow of the mm-hmm. match. But that. There was such a, um, a good connection in that match. And I remember when that match was over, I was just like, holy cow. That was good. <laughs> and I, I really loved the one that me and Becky just had. Um, that was awesome, too. Take but over. I was the most nervous for that one. Yeah, that was a great one, yeah, too. thank you. <laughs> well, it's good to talk to you. You are one of the uh, one of the biggest divas and one of the future biggest divas. And it's great to have you. Thank you Sasha. for having me. Sasha. Sasha. S-A-W. Sasha. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Thanks to Sasha Banks, not Sasha, Sasha. Great to see her success in WWE and to see how much the women's division is growing and changing with her at the forefront. I'll have plenty of chances to see her work because there's still a few dates left on the Y2J Summer Tour, including this Saturday, August 15th in Detroit City, August 21st, Bridgeport, Connecticut, August 29th, San Juan, Puerto Rico, August 30th, Tallahassee, Florida. And then two weeks after the summer run ends... I got a little news for you. Y2J WWE Fall Tour begins. Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, Syracuse, Rochester, uh, Worcester, New York City, Trenton, New Jersey, going all the way to Saudi Arabia, going all the way to Mexico. So many dates coming up. You go to WWE.com and you find out all the places where Y2J is going to be. Had so much fun, I couldn't stop. Also, it's so much fun rocking with Fozzie. October 30th, we're heading out on the Kiss Cruise with the Kiss Navy. And then we're taking the Cinderblock Party Tour to the UK and Europe with Nonpoint and Sumo Psycho starting November 14th in Germany. Going all the way through Europe, all the way through the UK. We ended off uh, about December 5th or 6th. FozzieRock.com, all the cities and venues and ticket information and VIP information. Come rock with us. And thank you for rocking with me here on Talk is Jericho. Thanks to being here and downloading the show twice a week for free which means you're uh, able to do this thanks to the great sponsors okay that keep this for free uber recovery max you get that at drugstore.com don't forget tnt's public morals by creator edward burns that premieres tuesday august 25th i know i will be watching uh even uh, even though it's the finale of tough enough i'll be watching that first and dvring public morals who is going to win tough enough we're getting down to the neatest of grittiest and i can't wait to see it we'll talk all about this week's tough enough on friday's show we'll also continue to talk about amazon easiest way to support talk is jericho get anything you want or need on amazon you do it through your tij links you go to podcast1.com click on the supporter show sponsors banner at the top of the page then you hit talk is jericho button Amazon links for USA, Canada, A, and UKA. Every time we do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show, so we keep doing this for free for next week. 
No extra fees or hidden charges. You're just getting shopping done and helping us out in the process. Podcast1.com. Support our show span, uh, sponsors banner at the top of the page. Hey, then hit the talk is Jericho button. All right. Thanks so much to Sasha Banks. She's got a huge future ahead of her, including working at the sold-out Barclays Center for the NXT TakeOver uh, in, uh, Saturday right before SummerSlam. Amazing that they sold it out, and uh, also amazing that my guests on Friday have a new record coming up that's going to be taking over the nation. Yeah, live. I got Bullet for my Valentine. Matt Tuck and Moose are going to be here. Great, great rock and roll band from Wales. Good friends of mine. We've got some killer stories about Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Iron Maiden, and, of course, Bullet for my Valentine. We will see you on Friday and a big, 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 big. I'm going to scream it. Yeah, boy. All to you. Suck up. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcast1.com. 